0: well amen thank you guys for being here on this rainy sunday i'm so glad that you're here let me invite our team up take up our offering um one of the things that's great about being here and being a part of sugar hill church is how many things we get to be a part of in our community it's, it's absolutely fascinating i i've never seen a church do more in trying to serve a community thank you taylor and it's just uh, when i when i look at that i think we're just a we're a spoiled people that have such a privilege to serve in our local schools and with our municipality and I just want to brag on you I um, one of our members uh, Andy Whaley owns a landscape company and they he won a best of his show over at the uh, at whatever they did the Atlanta Northeast uh, home show how cool is that but he's also a guy that does did you see the new pavers when you came in the front door he did all that stuff for us and we tried to fix a leak where we had the water going into our building just what a nice to have a guy like that can come around and help you so, yeah, good deal, yeah. And uh, I'm just so happy that we get to be a part of just so many great things. If you've already given, I want to say thank you. It just means the world to us that you, you would join us in this effort. If you've given online, thank you. If you gave through the app, did you guys know that more than a million and a half dollars has been given to this church through the app? Is that crazy? I mean, seriously, that's just amazing. So you're a part of so many things here. And uh, what's up with the golf clap today? I mean, it's just like y'all waiting for like the cue lights or something. You know how they do shows, you know, game shows, and the guy goes, look oh, noise. We're going to get that guy, you know, see if that'll help. Lord, thank you that we have the privilege of turning some to you that you've already given to us. God, we recognize and understand that the message you've sent us, which is abundantly clear, that giving really isn't about our wallet or a checkbook or a credit card or debit card. It's, it's about our heart. So God, would you, would you do a work in our heart that we might serve and care for even more people as we move toward our future? God, we love you, and we're grateful for the time to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, while these folks are passing the baskets, you'll notice in the seat back in front of you, there's a, there's a small guest card. And uh, I promise you, we won't come knock on your door. We won't mess up your afternoon. But we would literally love to be able to put a face with a name. And so if you'd be so kind, maybe at the end of the service, you could just kind of walk out the exit door to your right. And there's a small room over there that says meet and greet. And we'd love to meet you and put a face for the name and uh, swap the card for a gift. So if you'd be so kind to do that, that would be great. Hey, we have about, uh, I think we've got a couple of dozen folks in our uh, membership class we call Next going on right now. And so uh, they'll be joining us at the end of the service. And I'm just so excited. By the way, um, one of the things that we're pretty excited about, we're going to pack, our church is responsible for like 100,000 meals packed for Haitian kids as a part of a group that's packing a total of a million. And so uh, I think last time I heard, we had like 40 more opportunities to sign up in there. You can do it on the app. You can do it online. If you want to use those uh, registration cards, you can even put your name, email, and uh, number. We can text you and that way you could join in that way so uh, you could just grab it and share it with me over in the meet and greet room. Thank you so much. Today we're we're in week four of a series we've entitled, The Story Inside the Story. And, And what we found is that the story is that Jesus tells stories. And then there is a certain way in which he shares the story. Meaning, like today, it's pretty simple to get this is like 2020 vision into a parable today. Because in Luke chapter 7, here's what's going down that Jesus takes a tiny parable and he bookends it with a group of people that are trying to figure out who they are. And so today in chapter 7, beginning in verse 36, we're going to discover the story inside. Of the story. And here's how it goes. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. And when a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. And then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume. On them now does that happen in your house often I can honestly say Jenny has never done that with me but in full disclosure I have not for her as well because that would be weird and um, but at the time it was the norm see what would happen is uh, kind of uh, big shots in the community they would invite people that were also big shots to come have dinner with them in their home and when they would come and have dinner with them in the home then Typically, when you walked in the door, a servant of the home, remember they're a big deal, so they own servants, and the servant would come and wash your feet at the front of the door, dry them down with a towel kind of thing, and they would do that intentionally because that's what you did. When you walk through the Middle East and you don't wear shoes, your feet get gross. I mean, really, you get all that sand, all all the animal emissions, everything they got to deal with, it's not cool. So What would happen when you sat at a table, you've probably heard this a few times, the table's about that high and people would recline on their left side and go all the way around this square table. And they would recline on their left and their feet then would be kind of toward the head of the next guy. So washing feet was a big deal. Now, the second part of the story comes in, which is interesting, because when you would host somebody in your home for something like that, it was typical that you would have invited guests that would sit at the table, but then other people in your community, they would come to your home because they heard of this, and they would be kind of like an audience listening into this debate or whatever was being spoken of at the time. So we don't know how many people came, but we get the idea that it was pretty packed. And the reason we know that is this lady who the, the Bible describes, if they described, as an immoral woman, she sneaks in with the crowd. Now, she goes when she gets to the crowd and she gets kind of inside. Everybody's kind of finding their place. You know, the bystanders, they're kind of looking for the right things. It's, like uh, it's like waiting for the parade at the end of Disney, you know. And if you don't get there early sitting on the, on the curb, you're, you're out right because somebody's gonna have a kid on their shoulder and they'll be right in front of you so they're trying to jockey for position and the story goes on in verse 39 and it says when the Pharisee that's Simon he's the dude that invited Jesus into his house when the Pharisee who had invited him in saw this he said to himself now remember what did he see he saw this woman pull her hairpin out let her hair fall she takes this the bible says an an alabaster box so it's a cool box and inside of this has this stuff called nard now this is really important okay because the nard it was so important in that context people traded it on their version of a stock market as investment like it would gold or silver this is how incredibly important this is and in the jewish calendar there are about 300 work days right so it's like In the Jewish calendar, about 300 times you have a work day. And and when you got paid, you pretty much got paid one denarii per day. What she brought was worth 300 denarii. So she earned a wage doing something for the entire time of a year, and it was worth what's inside this box. So the scripture goes on, and it says the Pharisee is watching what's happening. And I want you to just join me in a minute with, how is he watching this? And here's kind of what I imagine. So he's he's got his cool hat on and he's got his robes and he's got his prayer shawl. And this cat's got some stuff, man. I mean, like really this guy is a big dog religion dude. So he's reclining at his table in his house. And this woman who everybody knows is a harlot, she has gotten into his house. I want you to watch she takes and open the box and she uses all 300 denarii worth to anoint and wash Jesus feet we're not talking just a water wash here we're talking an annual wage I mean that kind of thing and, and when you think about that how fascinating is it it's like if it's Tim Boyle over here it's like he would have he would have washed Jesus feet with like A million dollars worth of nard because that's what it'd be worth an annual wage he's got more money than I could ever imagine and I look at that and I think to myself how cool would that be if that happened but he thinks this is not a very cool thing listen to what he goes on and says he said now if this man talking about Jesus if this man were a prophet he would know what kind of woman is touching him she's a sinner and then verse 40 then jesus answered his thoughts so he gets to hear and see how simon is looking down his bony finger of guilt at this woman and she's giving everything she has to jesus and she's been called out as a sinner probably hundreds of times but in this setting really intimately she's she's literally washing the feet of jesus and the pharisee is saying stop it if that guy was the real deal, he would know that you are a sinner. So Jesus answers Simon and he says, I have something to say to you. Is this not one of the greatest lines. Like when, like when you're in it with somebody, like, I mean, don't y'all ever just like get at it with some people? I mean, like there are people who just drive you back crazy. And when you see them, it's like, do y'all not have those? Seriously, you're not going to let that go? Thank you. Okay, how many of you just, you've ever been in that position where you just wanted to bow up and go at it? Anybody? See? There are times when truly it's just like, uh uh-uh, we're drawing a line right here. So Simon, he is throwing down, man, and then Jesus says, after he says, hey, I got something I want to tell you. When I get to heaven, I want to talk to Jesus about all the times he dropped the mic seriously can you imagine i mean this discourse is going on and i mean he's just unloaded and jesus looks at simon and he says i want to ask you a question man i mean where do you go from there so simon being relatively bright he says well okay go ahead and here's the next word that's important teacher because you see jesus started his ministry and he started it as a rabbi and a rabbi would be a teacher so everybody knew Jesus as the rabbi that had come from Nazareth. By the time Luke 7 is kind of kicking in, I mean he's starting to get some pretty severe. I mean there are a lot of people following him. People followed rabbis because of what they believed about the law. And so here he is and Jesus has got all these people that are following him, probably hanging around in the per- periphery of the house and and Simon here says, "You know what? Go ahead. Tell me what you got." Then Jesus told him a story. He this is This is the story inside the story. Watch this. He says, a man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one person and 50 pieces of silver to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? And that's the end of the story, we think. We think that's the story inside the story, but what what makes this week so great is there's three stories going on. All right, Now, now watch this because when it gets down to the meat, here's what happens. The guy answers, Simon answers to Jesus and said, well, the guy that had the most that he owed him, that's the guy that should be most grateful. That's the guy who should feel more forgiven. That's the guy who should feel blessed. But remember, at the start of the little story inside the story, the little parable says, "But neither of them could repay him." So we know, like, if if I you owe you fifty bucks, I can pay you today, right? If I owe you three hundred bucks, I may not can pay you today. If I owed you ten thousand bucks, we're talking. We need to negotiate, right? And so this is what Jesus has put in front of him, and Simon says, "Well, I I suppose." one for whom he canceled the larger debt and jesus says that's right then he turned to the woman and he said to simon look at this woman now things are getting real all up in here because what we've got here is this woman and jesus have this thing going on where she's washing his feet and she she literally is taking the ends of her hair which would be totally culturally uncool pulls the pulls the pin her locks fall and she's using that to wash and to dry jesus's feet now you might say why is that in the story what is that a significant part yes because here's what i want you to get so she came in the most unconventional way to go in the opposite direction of exactly what the culture wanted her to do and she could do nothing but give all that she had including all of her and so jesus is experiencing this this woman And now listen how jesus brings an end to the story inside the story and he says to simon in verse 45 you didn't greet me with a kiss you say well wow would that would that happen absolutely in the middle east still today when you greet people what do you do which is just weird you know i mean when i'm over there i go into it too because like you know like, went in Jerusalem, Jerusalem wise. And uh, so we did. But what happens here is, if you jump back up in around to verse 44, Jesus is pointing her out. Now, remember, right there, he's pointing at her right there. And, and he says, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash my dust from the feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. And then he goes on another step, like we talked about a second ago. You didn't greet me with a quick kiss from the time I came in. She hasn't stopped kissing them. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my head with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and there are many of them, he says, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who has forgiven little shows only little love then jesus said to the woman your sins are forgiven the men at the table said among themselves who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins and jesus said to the woman i love this phrase your faith has saved you go in peace now watch this the story inside the story is not well hidden in this one the story inside the story may sound a bit odd because at, at the outset so many people showed up at the Pharisees' home to hear Jesus speak. It's caused quite a stir in the town. Secondly, the woman in this story, most likely Mary, the sister of Martha and and, and Lazarus, is is a is a known sinner. I mean in town she she doesn't she doesn't walk with the kind of Uh, attitude where people are just looking at her saying oh what a sweet lady they look at her and just call her a sinner they look at her and call her a tramp her past included some sinful and wicked stories and then third you got the pharisee i mean you got jesus there and you got all the people you got this woman who finds her way in then you got the pharisee simon who is a big deal who is perceived to be a wise and ideal jewish leader But now if these folks are the key players in this story then what what about the items and the nuances of the dinner so folks are eating at the dinner first including simon and jesus right then secondly around the table the woman slides in and in the midst of all that she gives all she has then the third is when she pulls the pin of out of her hair and she decides to stay there to jesus and now we have ourselves a real problem in the house of simon simon and the invited guests know the truth of this woman simon knows what's happening in this woman simon knows all the things that the outward part of her would show and we have a problem but then she breaks open the alabaster box and she breaks out the nard and she gives the whole lot and she's anointing jesus and you say well chuck i don't get the whole anointing thing well recognize that what she's doing is she is literally saying jesus you are who i place my trust in jesus you are who i know can forgive me jesus i know you're the one that can save me jesus i am giving you all that i am because watch this literally if you go back to the text as it would be written in greek it would sound more like this that is jesus was reclining this woman a harlot would slide in and she would see jesus and instantaneously start crying and you say well what are the tears about the tears are about this woman who recognizes who she is and the need she has she comes into the house a sinner in desperate need of a savior she comes into the house knowing how wicked she is and yet she knows in jesus she's welcomed when i see this happening and i watch the story in my mind i think this is the kind of worship that is totally not concerned about the dude or the right to the left or right of you in worship it's not somebody who's wondering man should i raise my hand should i clap should i sing should i whoop? what should i do because she went went past every social norm to do this. Anything that would have could be considered, this is how you do it, she broke every rule. She showed great love. And in that love, what she desperately showed was her need for forgiveness. She wasn't gonna find forgiveness in Simon. She wasn't gonna find forgiveness in the bystanders she knew when she came in the room the only place where she was going to be able to leave with peace was jesus and you see the greatest need in our life is peace i mean if you think about it we're we're not talking about you know peace in the sense of hey we got to get out of the middle east or peace we gotta it's it's i'm not talking we need that too but what we desperately need is within our soul deep down marrow deep we need peace and so when jesus sees this woman And that woman is this picture of repentance that brought forgiveness. That's already happened, whether Simon likes it or not. And Jesus offers the story, and he pictures what's happening inside the story. Remember the story? You got two people. One has to be given for much. Another one has to still be forgiven. All right? You can see this happening, right? Who are the main players in the story? The woman, the Pharisee. And the Savior and when they all come together which one is the woman 500 which one is the Pharisee 50 but now watch this did they both need Jesus yes you see the fact is Simon totally had the right premise I mean the premise is if Jesus was a prophet like he claimed surely he would know this woman's character and he did This is why you and I should walk out of here greatly encouraged today. It's not like Jesus looked at her and said, well, that's so kind. Jesus knew, now watch this, being fully man, being fully God, Jesus comes together and as the Savior of the world knew when she walked in the door, there is much sin to forgive. Did it cost him any more blood than it did for 50? And the answer is no, but see the Pharisee can't imagine that. Because the Pharisee's assumption is, the better I do good, the, the, the more gooder I get, then hey, there's not a whole lot to forgive, right? But when she comes in the room, I mean, it's like everybody's like, what's that tramp doing here? She has no right to be in here. You know, I've, I've been to that church, had not you? I mean, God help us, let don't ever be that church. And the bystanders are watching what's going on And his premise was right, was that Jesus did know her character. Jesus did know her need. And what Jesus offered her was forgiveness. And then told her, go in peace. You see, when Jesus came to earth to die for sinners like her, he came to seek and save that which was lost. Simon misunderstood himself. And looking down at the woman, he missed seeing that he himself was the sinner that needed the same savior. You see, the failure to see himself as a sinner is the root cause of ingratitude. Well, Jesus, I don't need you, so I don't need to thank you. I don't need to thank you that you came to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, we're all in need of a Savior. And and even if you're in here today and and kind of mentally you've got your arms crossed and it's like, you know what, Chuck, you don't know me, you don't know what I need. You know what? I, I, became, I came here because I promised my wife or my kids or somebody or I promised my husband or my granddad or I'll go to church. And in the midst of it, you walked into a home like Simon's, except here, we know we all need that, that Savior. We all need that because nobody leads the charge in sin more than I do. I mean, I can barely walk from the house to the truck without sinning. Matter of fact, I'm relatively sure I didn't do that this morning when I my, stubbed my toe on that thing that Jenny left in the garage, which was not cool. You see, we can all see ourselves as Simon the Pharisee when we're most self-righteous. We can all see ourselves in the bystanders we just want to watch from a distance. Or we could choose to see ourselves as we truly are, like Mary, and know that we're in need of a Savior. So here's the question I've got for you personal question just for you. Who are you in this story? Who are you? Are you, are you the Pharisee who, who still needs forgiveness? But let's face it, maybe down in, down in our soul we've still got a, that little self-righteousness thing that we re, what we really want to do is bust somebody else on their sin and forget ours. Are, are, you, are you the bystanders which, which are, I, I'm just here to watch. I, I don't really want I don't, want, I don't want a life with Jesus. I don't want, I don't want to know, know this God thing. I don't want to walk with him. I'm just, I'm here for duty, man. I showed up. I look like a church person. I get to go eat. I get credit for going to church. Bam. Or are you like Mary, and you came into Simon's home, and you knew that you knew that you knew, I need Jesus i know i need jesus i i know i need his forgiveness i know i need a fresh start i need i know this and like mary maybe today you would you just kind of bow down and wash his feet but you might look and you might give everything you have to a saver who, who's already given you everything he has the question for you is personal who are you are you sitting on the periphery or are you bringing Jesus all the need you have a choice right now you have a choice which person am I going to be in this story I look at this and I think to myself what an awful thing to experience a story like this and not find our need for the risen Christ let's pray friend today today We all are, uh, we're all in need of a savior. We're all in need. We're all sinners. None of us escaped it. No matter how many church clothes you wear or how many rules you keep or how much you give or whether you go on a mission trip or not, what we know that, that Jesus is there He's knocking on our door right now. And our choice is, do we welcome him into our heart? So I want to ask you today, if you want to settle this kind of once and for all thing, you don't have to ask, am I I sure anymore? Nobody's going to harass you. Nobody's going to bug you. But if that's your desire today, you'd say, well, Jesus, would you come into my life? Just go ahead and say it. silently in your heart. Jesus, come into my life. I need you. Clean me up, forgive me. Thanks for dying for me, from raising from the dead for me. I wanna wanna turn my life around. I don't wanna, wanna live for me anymore, I wanna live for you. And Jesus, thank you for hearing me. God, could I know in my soul that you would look at me and say what you said to this woman. Your sins have been forgiven. I go in peace. So I believe there are people in this room right now, folks online right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, would say, you know, Chuck, that's the desire of my life. I, I want to ask Jesus to come in. I don't, I don't want to be the Pharisee anymore. I don't want to be the bystander anymore. I, I want to be, be that woman. I want to be Mary and I want to walk to the feet of Jesus. I want to let him know that he's number one in my life. And that's the desire of your heart. Would you just slip your hand up so I can see you and pray for you? God you are more than good. You are the cornerstone of our faith and our home and our life. God I'm grateful that you never change and yet you want to change us from the inside out. Thank you for these folks today you said finally with Jesus I got it I'm in. Lord as you create a home for them in heaven as you sit on the right hand of the Father God, I'm grateful that we will celebrate with you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Church, let's let's worship.